There are reports of a mass shooting at Emanuel AME Church in Charleston, South Carolina. The church has one of the oldest and largest black congregations in the South. The pastor of the church is State Senator Clementa Pinckney. The suspect was not immediately apprehended. Twitter says, the Post and Courier, wanted, police looking for 21-year-old white male, slender, in gray jeans, or gray hoodie, jeans, and Timberland boots in Charleston shoes. Charleston media is saying man in custody is a local photographer. Charleston police are still searching for the gunman. The number of victims is unconfirmed. acting. I don't know what you're saying. Somebody walked into a place of God and started shooting. A white man walked into a black church and started shooting. This Nine people have died in a shooting in a historic black church in Charleston, South Carolina, police said on early Thursday morning. I do believe this was a hate crime, police chief Gregory Mullen said. Eight people died on the scene at the Emanuel African Methodist Episcopal Church, and one person was pronounced dead at a hospital, Mullen said. Among the dead was a state senator who was the pastor of the church, Democrat Clementa Pinckney. People were taking part in a prayer meeting at the time of the incident, Mayor Joe Riley said during the press conference. This is inexplicable, Riley said. It's the most intolerable and unbelievable act possible. The only reason somebody could walk into a church and shoot people praying is out of hate. Said Police Chief Mullen, this is a tragedy that no community should have to experience. 
it's senseless. It's unfathomable that someone will walk into a church where people are having a prayer meeting and take their lives. Emmanuel is the oldest AME church in the South and is led by South Carolina State Senator Clementa Pinckney, a Democrat. The church has one of the oldest and largest black congregations south of Baltimore, according to its website. Denmark B.C. executed for attempting to organize a major slave rebellion with one of the founders. The shooting took place at about 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, Charleston police said. The gunman is still on the loose, they said. The suspect is a clean-shaven white male about 21 years old with sandy blonde hair and is wearing a gray sweatshirt or hoodie, blue jeans, and Timberland boots, officials said. back to so many things I could get mad about so many things right now but people died people keep dying young people old people um, churchgoers atheists it doesn't matter if you're black you're a target and people keep dying I, I hope there's some swift justice I pray that there's swift justice but praying they were in the church when they got shot anybody can get it anybody and I wonder if this was brought about because people felt like there was people felt like there would be a lack of uh, response from the police that would actually punish this horrendous act. I don't understand what kind of hate has to go through you where you walk into a, a church, a place of peace, a place of, of rest, a place of comfort, and terrorize people. I don't know what goes through your head, but I swear, do not make this man into a martyr. Do not make him into somebody with mental issues. Don't make him anything but a terrorist. That's all I'm asking. You're going to get justice. I know you're going to get justice because so many people lost their lives. Do your jobs. Do your jobs. Go get justice. And when you get justice, please, media, do not find him in a sympathetic light at all. Don't even be tempted to. Whenever you think about being tempted to find him in a sympathetic light, remember, he killed nine people in a church. No sympathy. None. Fox News, none. CNN, none. MSNBC, none. In South Carolina, you're not that progressive. None. No justice, no sympathy. Let's all come together and let's get this dude.
Ladies and gentlemen, what we have in this world is a problem. Witnesses to my birth. It's one thing to embrace the questions as an academic matter. Right. It's another thing to just actually be honest and transparent about who you are. Right. Well, I definitely am not white.
can't talk about the big picture that you have created without talking about the small picture first. Let me just ask you the question in, in simple terms again, because you've sent mixed signals over the years. Are you an African-American woman? I identify as black. You identify as black. Let me put a picture up of you in your early 20s, though. Mm -hmm. And when you see this picture, is this an African-American woman or is that a Caucasian woman? That's I, not in my early 20s, but... That's um, a little younger, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I think I was 16 in that picture. Is she a Caucasian woman or an African-American woman? I would say that visibly she would be identified as, as white by people who see her. But at the time, were you identifying yourself as African-American? In that picture, during that time, no. Your parents were asked this question this week, and they didn't have any trouble answering it. Here's what they said. She's clearly our birth daughter, and we're clearly Caucasian. That's just a fact. Your father went on to say she's a very talented woman doing work she believes in. Why can't she do that as a Caucasian woman, which is what she is? One. Single. Simulcast. Single simulcast episode 187, Rashani Fat Male Wild You Thanks. Um, you can check us out on iTunes, Stitcher, single simulcast.com, Podomatic, uh, TuneIn Radio. Email address is single simulcast at gmail.com. Voicemail number is 916 572 the more I thought I understood this situation, the less I realized I, I knew. You know? Um, and, and I'm saying that not from somebody who's not seen the story. I've, I've seen the story and, and, and I've, I've read the, the articles and I've looked into it and everything. And there's really no um, part of it that hasn't been spoken on at some point i mean news is news and it is five days since this first happened but rachel dolezal um the ex naacp leader of spokane washington um who told people that she was black or rather uh didn't tell people that she was black because as she said nobody ever asked her um this story is just this situation is just horrendous and it's not horrendous um because she's getting outed or she's getting embarrassed i don't give a fuck fuck that lying bitch um It's horrendous in that she was able to step into somebody else's world so easily. You know, and I've heard a lot of questions about this, such as why would she want to step into a black woman's world? Doesn't she know that black women have it rougher than anybody else? And then there were the others who were like, why are y'all so mad about it? Why don't you look at the stuff she did for the community? At which point, I mean, we still don't know what she did for the community at all. Um, I've heard her called a civil rights leader. I haven't seen her fight for any civil rights. Honestly, I didn't know anything about this woman until five days ago. And I don't know anybody who did. 
like literally the videos that are popping up even videos of her being interviewed like two years ago when she's because she's a professor over at eastern washington um which is actually where my little rally went to school at uh, i should probably ask him what she was about but um even those interviews from like two years ago just popped up five days ago because they weren't relevant until five days ago. This woman did nothing of relevance. And I can tell you because I have godparents who live somewhere out there. They're either in Spokane or Kent or Bremerton or one of those places where there really aren't a lot of black people. Puyallup, somewhere in between Seattle and Tacoma, there lies people who are my god family. You know, um... They, they probably couldn't tell you nothing about her. Nobody can tell you anything about this woman. She did nothing of import. She, um... She stole. That's what she did of import. Let's be honest. She robbed a culture. She robbed the idea of a culture. She wanted so badly to be a part of a culture that she took the culture and then tried to mask herself in it and, and, and got indignant when people asked her about it. And I mean, I can go into the whole, how the, the, the rabbit hole is getting deeper and deeper. And now there's sexual allegations against her, um, brother, Josh. What, what the fuck is it about Josh's nowadays? I mean, seriously. If your name is Josh, I'm looking at you sideways. I'm sorry. It's just the way it is right now. If you're white and your name is Josh, stay the fuck away from my children. Um, but her brother, Josh Dolezal, uh, molested her African-American uh, foster brother. And allegedly she helped out. I don't know how all that works. Um, what we do know is that she's been estranged from her family for many years. Um, the kids that were her foster uh, brothers, she adopted them. And now she calls them her sons. Um, and she has identified as black I'm just pausing when I say identified as black because you all heard the song that was playing in the beginning of this show. Before um, I started talking just now, there was a song called Uninvited by Alanis Morissette. And I don't want you to get that mistaken. That song was not in defense of Rachel. That song was against Rachel. If you listen to the words of that song, the words start off by saying... Um, I'm flattered by your fascination with me, but this is not allowed. You're uninvited. Like people were talking about how uh, black people have been passing for white for so long. Why are we getting mad that a white person passed for black? And you know why we're mad about it? Because it doesn't happen. It's not supposed to happen. You are not supposed to try and step into somebody else's world and claim it. Do you know what happened whenever we tried to claim white? Do you? It never ended well. Like when people found out that a black person was passing as white. Have you ever seen Imitation of Life? 
If you've never seen Imitation of Life, you really need to go watch that. I, I think it might be on Netflix. If not, it's on AMC uh, around Black History Month. But Imitation of Life is about a black girl whose mom was a dark-skinned maid. And her mom was a maid for a white woman and her daughter. And the black girl and the white girl grew up together. Literally same age, grew up friends and everything. And so the black girl grew up wanting to be white. I can't even say identifying with white people. I can't. I don't understand how you identify with another race. I don't understand how you can identify as something like, 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 how you can identify as a black person when you're white. I don't see how that works. Because for so long, she identified as white and her parents came up with birth certificates, dog. Like, they showed it. Boom, boom, boom. This is our daughter. We're white. She's white. She grew up in Montana. She's like, nah, I was braiding my hair in the loats and twists on the porch in Mississippi, like, when I was 20 years old. No. You know what you were doing when you were 20 years old? You were white. You were white. And you were suing Howard because they wouldn't hire you because you were white. And you stated as such. You know what that says to me? It says to me that you are perfectly okay with being white when you need to get something. But when you just want to kick it. When you just want to sit back and chill. When you just want to hang out with the homies. You turn black. And that's not how this works. It's not. You can't do that. It's not fair. It's not right. It's not the way to do things. And you know what? I know black women in Spokane, Washington. I know black women in Tacoma, Washington. I know black women in Seattle, Washington. I know black women in Kent and, and, and all of those areas around there. And I know that they would have said this. If they had found out about this, they would have said this. Why the fuck does she do that? That's simple. No little bit of sympathy, no nothing. Why would you do that? Why would you step in and make things so much more difficult than they needed to be for everybody else? That is the ultimate idea of privilege to me is stepping into a situation and making it worse and not caring because you know you can extract yourself from that situation. The way I look at the Rachel situation is this. There are a ton of white people who are waiting for her to come back home to them like she's a prodigal child or something. When she comes back to the white side, she has books lined up and movies and black like me and all of that. She has all of that lined up. You know who doesn't have anything lined up? The black women whose style you jacked. The culture you robbed. The people who probably looked up to you in Spokane because you're a black woman to them. You're... you're you're, you're lying to them and telling them that you're something that you're not and they're believing it and they're looking at you as somebody who's getting it done 
Meanwhile, you're not. It just, it kills me. It kills me. You know what? I'm gonna. I'm gonna try and be as calm as possible. You know what really gets me about this? The fact that um, you can actually hear in her interviews where she just starts talking like she's black. You know what I'm saying? Um, when she just starts talking like she's something she's really not. You can hear her try and slide into that role. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, everybody wants to know your hair. What is, what, how do you do your hair? Is it a perm? Is it a weave? Everybody's asking. This right here? This right here, <laughs> today. Okay. <laughs> is it a perm? Is it a weave? Everybody's asking. This right here? <laughs> This right here. I'm a black male. I'm a black male. And I am not equipped to speak on the ways that she stole from black women in a way that would truly resonate I, I can't I can't um, what I can say as a black male is how disgusted I was and how disgusted I am to run past all these other black men who were trying to state what good Rachel has done for everybody what good she did for black people and how we should overlook the fact that she lied because you know she did good for the community when you ask them when or where they get silent but she did good for the community goodish and then if they still get pressed on it they say well why are you mad about this but you weren't mad about Caitlyn Caitlyn Jenner identified as a woman why aren't you mad about that? Why aren't you disgusted by that? This is just racism. No, first of all, it's not racism because they're both white. Okay? Actually, they're both white. You thought I was going to say something different, but no, they're both white. And secondly, Caitlyn was never living a lie as Caitlyn. You see what I'm saying? When Caitlyn was Bruce, Caitlyn was living a lie. Caitlyn didn't feel comfortable in her own body. Um, Caitlyn didn't feel comfortable lying to people about how she felt about them. Caitlyn didn't approve of herself. Rachel, on the other hand, 100% comfortable in her body as a white person you know that because as I said she was more than comfortable suing black colleges for not hiring her because she said she was white Rachel had no problem with living as a white person 
I want people to get past the idea that she's delusional. She's not. She's just a liar. She's just a liar. There's a big difference. Delusional is when you believe something so thoroughly that the truth just evades you. You are in. You absolutely positively believe everything that you're saying. A lie is when you can start off by saying that you identify as black and then later on that evening say that you are black and then admit later on that day that that picture of me from 20 years ago is white. But if I had to decide, you know, if I had a choice, which black people don't. If I had a choice between being black or being white, I'm going to say I'm black. You know, if, I, if, if I'm given the opportunity to put my chips into the pile, I'm going to push them towards black. Always bet on black. You're not black. You're not. Any cop who pulls you over can see that. Anybody who looks at you can see that. You look like Leslie Nope with a tan. You're not black. And it's just... It's, it's sad. It's just sad. How people are saying things like she sticks up for the black race. No one owns a race. You know what? That's funny. White people owned us. Oh, wow. And people just keep on linking her with Caitlyn and with transgender people. Like, that's fair, or that's right, or that's honest. So I'm going to tell you again, you can suck my black dick. You can kiss my black ass. If you're trying to make that connection for whatever reason, you are a piece of shit. You're a fucking asshole. You know what? I've dated white women. I've dated two. Two? Yeah, two. White women. One was fully white. She identified with white. Her family was white. She knew she was white. Her privilege stood clearly at white. She was cool. She made good milkshakes. Uh, the other one? She was white. But she acted like she was something she wasn't. She acted like she was from the hood. She acted like she was a gangster. She acted like she was a thug. She acted like she was a crip. She acted like she was all of these things. She acted when I first met her, she said her name was Luscious. She acted like she was whatever. And then get back to her parents' house, and her parents are like, sweater tied around the neck, white. And she's the only one who's standing separate. And in her yearbook, she has, when she grows up, she wants to marry a black man. That's Rachel. Just because you have these dreams and ambitions of reaching out and embracing the black race, just because you 
have these goals and desires to be loved by black people just because you want to help out doesn't mean you have to lie you don't have to lie to kick it you do not you know what I'm saying there's no rule that a white person can't run the NAACP should be but there's no rule I mean it ain't like we can run the KKK but there's no rule I mean I'm not saying that the NAACP is like the KKK but they did let Bill Cosby get up there and start talking about niggas who were sagging their pants the KKK approved so and they really did have the Klan come out there for a meeting they really did powwow once but there's no rule there's just something fucked up about the idea that this white woman can step into a role of a black woman and get more credibility and lauded and loved more than black women ever get. And when black women point out that you're giving all of this love to a imposter, to a liar, to a fake, to a false they get shouted down and abused again. That's what's crazy to me. This one dude I knew or know in the midst of uh, talking to black women about why this is fucked up. I mean, they were telling him it was fucked up. He was like, I don't see it. But in the midst of doing that, he compared these black women to the KKK. So in your defense of a white woman to black women, you compare the black women to the Ku Klux Klan. They're not oppressing anybody. They're not trying to hurt anybody. They're not trying to malign anybody or stop anybody's stride. They're just pointing out an honest truth, which is that this woman had no right to do what she did. You compare them to the Klan, dog. I've ran into people who believe lies for a long time. I've I've ran into family who tell their kids that they're six when they're seven so then they can get into a movie for less money or something like that. you, You see it all the time. It's not something new. You know, it's not. But. But. You don't have to lie. You could have helped out a lot more just standing to the side. My homie Drew from the Interracial John podcast. uh, Shout out to him and his wonderful wife, Leslie. Uh, He's white. She's black. He will never say he's anything but white. As a matter of fact, on Twitter, his Twitter name is Angry White Guy. He does more... For the uplifting of black people than 95% of the black men that I know. Every day, every day, you will find him arguing with white people about why black people need equal rights, why what happened to black people is not right, why this and that and the third. And he does that all the time. 
He doesn't say he's black. I have yet to hear him say, you know what? I have a free pass to say this or that or anything. He says, I'm white. I can't understand what it's like to be black. My wife is black. I can't understand what it's like. Even by being with her, I can't understand what it's like. I can just observe. Why couldn't you just observe? If she had observed what was going on and spoken on it in Spokane, in Spokane, if she had just watched and spoken on it, she would have she would have been a hero. Like I said, nobody would have known who the fuck she was because it's, it's Spokane. But she would have been doing something. At what point did it cross her mind that you know what? I feel different now. I feel like this is who I'm supposed to be. This is some bullshit. I can't even be sufficiently upset about it. But I am. I am. Just like flabbergasted. Really, really I am. Like I said, it took me five days to really just think about this. Like, she's somebody hit me up and said, you know, she's not the only one. probably kids grow up in the hood you know their parents um, don't have the best jobs or whatever kids grow up in the hood they'll grow up amongst lower income people some black some white some Hispanic some Asian and they'll all come together and they'll all thug you know they'll all do the same thing but within that they still know their race there's no such thing as transracial to say such is a disservice to transgender transgender is a real thing that is a real thing to be in one but feel like you should be in another that is a real thing Nobody has ever heard of transracial. No, you can't be the first. No, you can't try and introduce it. And no, you black men cannot run with it. Just because you found a white woman that finally looks like your perfect white woman because she looks black to you does not mean you can run with it. And again, she doesn't even look black. She looks orange. I mean... Had nice weave. I don't know how far she had to drive to get that shit. I mean, Spokane they ain't got no weave shops. They ain't got none of that. Probably had to drive all the way to Tacoma, out to like Portland Avenue or something to find that. But there's nothing in her that says she's black. Just because you marry a black man and adopt black kids does not make you black. But you adopting our culture, sitting down 
and discussing our culture. Telling other races how they can't participate in standing up for our culture. Lecturing people on the right and the wrong way to embrace our culture. Telling people how to do our hair correctly. You can't do any of that. And the thing that got me the most was her getting on other races for Black Lives Matter. You know what? Turns out the word transracial is a real thing. Um, it's used in scholarly research, creative writing, and cultural work to denote a particular, quote, state of being, end quote, for people adopted across race. It also describes a kind of family unit type of parenting. And now it's going to be used for people who are uh, trying to malign transgender. Rachel, at this point in time, is not going to stop calling herself black. No matter what we say, no matter what we do, she's going to keep calling herself black. And she's now she's now on the Today Show. She's now on all of these things. And I, I want you to know these shows that she's interviewing on, they're not free. She's not doing it for free. Know. This is a woman who's been using her uh, white privilege uh, to get her job or to step into the role of power that she's now in. Um, everything that she's gotten in her life came from being white until she got there and then all of a sudden she wanted to be black. You know, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know why the NAACP gave her a chance to resign instead of just firing her, which means she can get another job. I don't know. One, one more last speaker, and you know we can get on with the, the rally and the protest. All right. I'm so I don't know everyone here, but I am um, from the other Washington. I just flew in this morning from Spokane, Washington. I'm representing the Alaska, Oregon, Washington NAACP. I'm the president of the Spokane NAACP in Washington State. And this is a situation that's affecting us over in that state as well. So I wanted to join with you in support today. 
Um, we just marched in Pasco, Washington, where a youth had, um, you know, a rock a little bigger than this and was shot and killed in Antonio a street, Antonio Zambrano Montes. Yes. And we are supporting his, his mother. The cops are, have been on paid vacation for three months. And four people were arrested the last time we marched. They won't let us march in the street. Two people were arrested this month when we marched. They just had their trial yesterday. And on Wednesday this week, um, a 37-year-old black man who has seven children just died in police custody in Spokane, Washington. And this is something that is affecting us nationwide. And if there is no justice, there will be no peace. Absolutely. Absolutely. No justice. No, no peace. peace. No, no racist. Police. No justice. No peace. No racist. Police. No justice. No peace. No racist. Police. Why couldn't she have done that as a white woman? I'm just, I'm, I'm just asking. If anybody can tell me why she couldn't do that as a white woman, I'm, I just, her speaking is powerful, but Leslie Mack speaking is powerful. Feminista Jones is speaking is powerful. Jamila Lemieux speaking is powerful. Melissa Harris Perry speaking was powerful until she actually questioned whether or not this woman was really black. Because, you know, people have been listening to Michael Jackson for a little bit too long. As long as you're uh, fighting for equality, it don't matter if you're black or white, but black women have been fighting for equality for so long. Black lives matter. Black women's lives matter. You know what doesn't matter? What doesn't matter is white that women. You're probably speaking still to the to that Exodus or the, you know, yeah, the, new, the new Exodus. It's Christian Bale. About, uh, he looks like he'd fit right in. <laughs> right. Another Charlton Heston. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. So, yeah. Well, and that's, and that's actually, again, something that's connected to curriculum. So a lot of people might go to that film. Hopefully nobody goes to that film. It's like, you know, we need to boycott that film from my perspective because it's um, miseducation, it's misrepresentation, and it's highly offensive to the people that actually, um, you know, were living during that time. And also to people today, it's uh, robbing and shredding um, ancestry and history. I'm just trying to figure out why none of this could be said as a white woman. That's my biggest thing. I'm trying to figure out why she stepped into this role. What made her think, okay, I need to do this to do this. And I can't figure out anything except she just thought she fucking could. Again, when black people passed, it was a necessity there was no equality there's no equality now think about what it was like back when they had to pass it was a necessity for their kids to eat for them to get jobs for them to get education for them to have a chance of getting ahead for them to have a chance to live I had somebody riding on my neighbors every day. If I have somebody who's trying to kill me and my family every single day and I find that I can get out, yes. Then for my family's safety, I'm going to flip. I'm going to do that in order for my family to be safe. She didn't do 
She didn't do this for that purpose. None of it. None of it. There is no valid purpose. There is no valid reason for her to do what she did. This is the last thing I'm going to say about her. Probably, maybe, I doubt it. Fuck this woman. So. Like I said, she lectured college students on the history of hair privilege. And uh, as she, as it turned out, she also organized a number of Black Lives Matter groups, which, you know, isn't a shock. This is, by the way, coming from uh, chicksontheright.com. Mark Lamont Hill spoke with Anderson Cooper from CNN and said he heard Dolezal say that only black people should organize these type of events, Black Lives Matter type of events. And then he slandered and said her current actions are the ultimate exercise in white privilege, saying, quote, Look, I don't know her well, but I've been in settings with her. I've organized with her. I've been on the West Coast and talked with her, said Hill. And one of the things she's been adamant about, and other activists will attest to this, with regards to the Black Lives Matter movement, she was one of the people who said Black Lives Matter movements need to be led and directed by black people. You know what? My daughter's biracial. She identifies as black because she has the... She's black. Black and white. I don't know. When she's with her mom, she might identify as white. But when she's with me, she identifies as black like a mug. Like, from the age of one, she's identified as black. From the age of zero, Rachel has been white. We're looking at pictures of her as white. And here's the other thing that worries me is that she is taking away the credibility of other women who need this attention, need this, these jobs, need these opportunities, need to be believed. She's about to make light-skinned women a joke. I don't even know. Like I said, before this, there was a uh, another group of white people who wanted to be black. They actually named themselves the Young Black Teenagers. They were a rap group, all white. I think one was Mexican. Uh, they actually hooked up with um, Chuck D and the Bomb Squad and uh, made songs. Uh, called I Love Being Black and stuff like that. This ain't nothing new. It's just the first time that somebody's been outed for it and because it was a white woman, black men immediately started caping. Just frustrated, dog. I don't even fucking know. Let's go. Mark also heard uh, Rachel say that outsiders shouldn't be at protests. When she said outsider, she meant uh, white people. Shouldn't be at the protests for Black Lives Matter and for protests for black people. White people shouldn't be there, but there she was. There's a joke in here somewhere. I just don't really feel like finding it. 
this single simulcast. Spin the beat. How did you guys, come on, the young black teenagers? Young black teenagers. Now, you know I wasn't expecting that, like when I saw like um, the video and all, and I'm like, yo, these guys are white. And they call themselves a young black teenager. Well, white, you know what I'm saying? You look at the word white, that's, that's, you know, that's a touchy word to go on. Okay, why is that? First of all, you know what I'm saying? Society does people as black and white. They dub Caucasians as white and African Americans as black. Well, let's look at black and white. You know what I'm saying? This is black. You know what I'm saying? This is white. I've never seen anybody's skin color who matches black and white. You know what I'm saying? You right. Blackness to me is more of a cultural thing, a state of awareness, a state of mind. You know what I'm saying? Depends on how you interpret the word black. You can interpret the word black in many different ways. You know what I'm saying? Us growing up in New York, you know what I'm saying? We grew up in New York, you know what I'm saying? I don't want to get specific on where everybody was brought up at, but between the Brooklyn, Queens, Long Island area. When I mean Long Island, I mean a Hempstead, Freeport, Roosevelt area where, where Public Enemy originated from. You know, I personally grew up with Hank and Chuck and all of them before Public Enemy came out. You know, growing up in, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a community that's majority of mostly, you know what I'm saying, African Americans, you tend to adapt to a culture, you know what I'm saying? Now you take a look at the hip-hop culture, which is an African-American culture, because African-Americans started the whole hip-hop culture. But the hip-hop culture is a culture within its own. It's a street culture, all right? Like, for example, let's look at this damn one album that I wrote for Daddy Call Me Nigga Because I Like It To Rhyme. Now, first people would think, you know, since they're already looking at the group as so-called a white group, since white is the stereotype of Caucasians throughout history, you know what I'm saying? They look at us as a white group, you know what I'm saying? And they're using the word Daddy Call Me Nigga. Then it doesn't just go for my father being Caucasian, calling me a nigga because I'm into a street culture. I have a lot of brothers that I roll with since I was young that just because they're in the same culture, in the state, same state of mind that I am, their father calls them nigga too. See what I'm saying? It's just the word nigga being used again in a negative way. That's why the word nigga should just be abolished out of vocabulary. See, the young black teenagers isn't five Caucasians. We represent a new movement, a race without a color. You know what I'm saying? The hip-hop culture. The hip-hop culture. The youth of today. The youth of hip-hop today are young black teenagers. See what I'm saying? It has nothing to do with a skin color. It's a race without a color. All right. All right. I comprehend. All right. I'm... I don't. Young Black Chicks. Batman Wild Spin the Beat 15 with Simon Cats. Young Black Chicks. Young Black Chicks. Born of the Caucasian persuasion, the sum of my sweat. To others, it's amazing that a man of my shade could flip the crowd and get paid. But just keep in mind, from the street I was made, as if a misfit. Some sort of social disobedient. That train of thought that's been taught was feeding a stereotype. So what's a stereo hype? From the boom of the track, is it back?
In fact, let's get back to the swing of things. You heard the camp and the music brings. The first born in a ray begins the next phase. So place your wages on the young black teenager. Cause no more will I endure. So be sure. I got the trouble of those minds with your or prepare yourself to enter a zone. Our three lost children on the microphone. Showing new styles. Lyrics and maze form. Well above the norm. And a hell of a brainstorm. The street was our survival. And if time blew, try to do anything so we can have protection. Definitely lost. Trying to find a new direction. A path. Something to follow on the right track. Praying that one day we don't go back to the subliminal. Had to do a little though. Early in my days, I was thinking like a criminal. Now I'm on a new hype. Showing y'all a new type of rhyming. Poetical skills like forever. Going to the top on the masterpiece level. On my way up, I was vision this one. An appearance of a brother accepted by none. Because of my color, they try to judge me like another. But what does one thing have to do with the other? So to whom it may concern, here's a fact. That the minute you hear rap, you think black. Well, here's how it is to put the cards on the table. Instead of crime, you chose to rhyme. Now it's milling time. Your first impression is how I act. Let me drop it like this. In fact, I'm proud to be black. To my theory, stated upside the skies. Now hear me, call up the side ones on one's position or opinion. What it's based upon, respect demanded by the people, all concerned to be viewed as evil. If you're quick to criticize, it's time to realize the views you use is not seen in my eyes. Dignity, a level of worth, an individual independence of the day of birth. My youth is now history, it never was a mystery. The branch of my knowledge was passed down and given to me. Now it takes a nation of millions. And we're still young, black teenagers, ripping the stages, girls of all ages, are all amazed, this group is dropping and proving that, it ain't where you're from, it's where you're at, back in the days we were raised like that, cause you can't teach your dog to be a cat, new styles, new rules, new facts, that's all my problem. Y'all might be in for a treat. You know, back before the war broke out, I was a saucier in San Antonio. I bet I could call up some of them greens. Yeah, noodle some crawfish out the patty, yo. Ha. I made some crab apples for dessert now, yeah? Hell yeah! Ha! Hell yeah! Ha! That's how we all talk. We all talk like this, huh? Yes, sir. Yeah, mm-hmm. Get some crawfish and some ribs. Yeah. You're Australian. Be Australian. Excuse me, Kangaroo Jack. I get excited about my food tonight. You are tuned in to Single Simulcast, the show about everything. Single Simulcast, episode 187. Batman Wild Rashani. Um, 
So I, I, uh, I fell asleep. I'm only human. So that's why um, there's a bit of a change in the vocal variety and uh, and in the conversation that was at hand. Uh, when last we left our intrepid uh, podcaster, I was talking about Rachel and um, had just received word prior to recording that part of the show about uh, the shooting, the tragic occurrences that happened in Charleston. Um, well, now it's the next day, and uh, as with everything, we have more information the next day. And what we have is a situation where a uh, terrorist by the name of Dylan Stormroof um, walked into a church during a... Uh, prayer service. Now, for those of y'all who don't know, a prayer service, in, 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 I'm guessing in all churches, but I know without a shadow of a doubt in black churches because my granny used to go to them, a prayer service is where the inner circle of the whole church <clears throat> gets together and prays for the church, uh, for the members, for those who are sick or bedridden or, or, or just need a hand. Um, they would come and pray because it says where one or more are gathered, um, there I shall be also. Um, and it's a really powerful service. Um, there's sometimes singing, things of that nature, but mostly it's just a genuine uh, time to lay down troubles in front of uh, the Lord, lay down your burdens, lay down the burdens of others. Uh, go before the Lord for others, things of that nature. And um, first of all, I just want to say that um, the pastor of the church, um, last night I had said that uh, the pastor was a a female, a, a lady, um, and that's incorrect. That's incorrect. Um, the pastor was a Democratic, uh, well, he was a uh, councilman, I want to say. Um, and, gosh, this, this, it just, the story of this situation is just sad. It, it is. It's, it's sad. Because, first of all, people died. Um, secondly, is the fact that um, this, this, this person, the, the person who, uh, the pastor of the church was a state senator, Clementa Pinckney. I was saying at first that it was a young lady. I apologize. It was, it was a young man. Um, it's sad because nine people died, six of whom were uh, black ladies. Um, they never knew. Nobody really ever knows when their time is coming to an end. Um, but it, in a church where they're praying for others 
this guy, this terrorist, Dylan Stormroof, walks into the church and sits in the back and nobody's going to um, deny you access to a church. That's why in all of the movies they show, in all the comics they show somebody running into a church screaming out sanctuary because it was a sanctuary. It's where you took your scared and your lonely and your hurt. It's where you went to uh, let things off your shoulders. It's it's where you went when you didn't have anybody else and you were supposed to be able to um, have a friend, you know, unless you're gay. Not trying to make that into an issue. I just want to put that out there. Unless you're gay or trans or uh, bi or something of that nature. Other than that, you're completely welcome. You know, um, six out of nine of the people who were there at that service died after he stood up and said that uh, black people were taking over the nation and were. Uh, raping all the white women. A small part of me wants to really play that um, part from uh, Blazing Tattles. You know the part that I'm talking about, right? I really do, but it, it's the part where he's like, hey, where are the white women at? And we all laugh, but I just six out of nine were uh, ladies, a senator, a um, mother of three and a track coach. Um, Cynthia Hurd was the uh, branch manager of a library in Charleston. Um, the youngest victim was Twizana Sanders, a 2014 graduate of Allen University. Uh, Myra Thompson was killed as she taught Bible class last night. Uh, Susie Jackson was 87 years old. Um, Reverend Daniel Simmons Jr. was 74. Reverend DePayne Middleton. Um, Ethel Lee Lance was uh, murdered. Um, and, And then there were those who survived but are going to have to live with this for the rest of their lives. A five-year-old girl who uh, laid down and is still alive because she played dead. Another uh, witness who was left alive because um, Dylan, uh, the terrorist, told her that he was leaving or told them that he was leaving them alive so they could tell the story. So they could tell the tale. And um, anger, appropriate anger, was uh, the mindset uh, after finding out what what went on. And 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 I just want to say right now that not only do I blame the terrorists for this terrorist act, which they're not calling it a terrorist act because there's no way that they would be able to admit that. Uh, acts of violence against black people count as terror. Even though um, these uh, black people were in a historically historical black church um, and he sat in their prayer circle for an hour uh, before he attacked. And um, 
It's just, it's, it's just, it's too much, you know? Um, and it, it's just, nobody wants to, I don't even have the words. Nobody wants to, um, state that this is a terrorist attack. Those who are in power don't are so hesitant to call this that. And I'm just like, why? Why? When a uh, person of Islamic faith uh, shoots up um, anybody, it's immediately called a terrorist attack. Even if the uh, government won't claim it as such, people are still screaming out a terrorist attack. If a black person kills anybody, it's looked on as uh, gang violence or or thugs or just black on black crime. When white people shoot somebody, they're looked at as a lone shooter or uh, somebody who was dealing with mental illness or had skeletons in their closet and they were a poor, tortured soul and um, a gentle mind and all of that kind of stuff. Well, don't don't be fooled this time. Don't be fooled. I'm begging you. Um, because this, this ass has been um, planning this for six months. It just, I don't know. I don't. His roommate said that he uh, planned something like this shooting for about six months now. His roommate Dalton Tyler told uh, ABC News that uh, Roof was big in the segregation. And, and I'm sorry, quote, he was big in the segregation and other quote, end quote, and other stuff, end quote, Ty- Tyler told ABC, quote, he said he wanted to start a civil war. He said he was going to do something like that and ki- then kill himself. End quote. Tyler also confirmed earlier reports that Ruth's parents bought him a gun for his birthday, but said that his roommate was only allowed to take their gun, take the gun from their house this past week. In a separate interview, childhood friend Joseph Meek Jr. said that Ruth erupted into a racist rant during a recent outing from the Associated Press. Uh, the two reconnected a few weeks ago after Ruth reached out to Meek on Facebook. Meek said. Ruth never talked about race years ago when they were friends, but recently made remarks out of the blue about the killing of unarmed 17-year-old black man, Trayvon Martin, in Florida, and the riots in Baltimore over the death of Freddie Graham. Police custody, Meek said. Quote, he said blacks were taking over the world. Someone needed to do something about it for the white race, Meek told the Associated Press. He said he wanted segregation between whites and blacks. I said, that's not the way it should be, but he kept talking about it, end quote. I'm just pausing in between all of these things so then y'all can really soak this in that it's not safe out there. I mean, it's, it, it's, that's like a duh moment, but it's not safe. And the funny thing is, when I was, um, when I was talking about 
Baltimore and about Trayvon Martin and about McKinney, Texas and about all these other things, all of these white people hopped up and called me a racist, said that I was trying to uh, stir up the pot. And when I talked about John Crawford and, and Tamir Rice and, and Rakia Boyd, people called me a racist. When I talked about Renisha, uh, people called me a racist. You know what? I didn't have anybody calling me a racist on this one because no white people hopped up and said anything. The news didn't even want to talk about this. You know, when it happened, it took about four or five hours to get to the source and, and, and get the story. And, and, and they, it, they refused to call it a terrorist attack. They, they said that it was an attack against Christianity. Not against black people, just against Christianity. And, 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 and I guarantee you, if he hadn't stepped in there and said those words and left behind a witness, they would still be saying that this wasn't a racial crime. They were saying that cops need to, uh, or that pastors need to start carrying guns inside of the service. You know? not crazy. There's nothing crazy about it. Witnesses say that alleged Charleston shooter Dylan Ruth spent as much as an hour inside the Emanuel AME church before opening fire on Wednesday night. Now CNN reports there's video from inside the church showing someone who looks like Ruth sitting with the group moments before the massacre began. The video was apparently taken by one of the victims and posted to the Snapchat app with the caption Bible Study Knowledge Planter. I'm just saying. He did a lot of drugs when he was a kid. And made a lot of racist jokes. These aren't... Um, these aren't jokes. These are the folks that we're dealing with. This is the world that we're in. And I promise you, I, I, do, I honestly do not feel like there's enough anger going on over this horrendous tragedy. There's not. People are already trying to figure out a way to turn it into um, something against uh, or something eliminating the idea of race. And I just want to say it again. If you're watching MSNBC, if you're watching Fox, really, if you're watching Fox, I'll just start right there. But if you're watching Fox and you are being fed every single day the belief that anybody who is not white is not a citizen of the United States of America, does not belong here, and thus does not have a leg to stand on when something happens to them, you're being fed all the time about how folks of color are the ones who are eating up resources and 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 killing everybody and harming everybody and they're the issue and you need to have your gun so then you can be ready when it goes down you're hearing this all the time and to those y'all who listen to white ring or right wing radio you're hearing this all the time i blame those radio stations I blame those news stations for this. 
as much as I blame Dylan, I blame them for uh, continuing to um, support these lies. Continuing to support these lies that are um, now just killing people. If you grow up your entire life hearing nothing but racist rhetoric or veiled racist rhetoric against groups, you would start to think that they were less than a person too. So Fox News, you owe everybody an apology. CNN, you owe everybody an apology. You guys are failing. You're failing Americans. And what you're doing is you are breeding terror. And when you breed terror, what happens next is terrorists. You're doing that. Nobody else. You're doing more work for the Klan than the Klan could ever hope for. You are dividing people every single day, every hour, every opportunity. You are dividing people. Those poor people lost their lives praying and begging for mercy. Those poor people lost their lives hoping that... uh, they would find mercy that wasn't going to come. And then, (laughs) this is the funny part. You're going to love this. Every South Carolina State House flag is at half staff, except for the Confederate flag, which is still riding high. President Obama spoke on it earlier today. He said this type of uh, violence doesn't happen in other advanced countries. It doesn't happen in other places of this frequency. It's within our power to do something about it. Good afternoon, everybody. This morning, I spoke with and Vice President Biden spoke with Mayor Joe Riley other leaders in Charleston to express our deep sorrow over the senseless murders that took place last night. Michelle and I know several members of Emmanuel AME Church. We knew their pastor, Reverend Clementa Pickney, who, along with eight others, gathered in prayer and fellowship and was murdered last night. And to say thoughts and prayers are with them and their families and their community doesn't say enough to convey the heartache and the sadness and the anger that we feel. Any death of this sort is a tragedy. Any shooting involving multiple victims is a tragedy. There's something particularly heartbreaking about death happening in a place in which we seek solace and we seek peace. In a place of worship. 
Mother Emmanuel is, in fact, more than a church. This is a place of worship that was founded by African Americans seeking liberty. This is a church that was burned to the ground because its worships, uh, worshipers worked to end slavery. When there were laws banning all black church gatherings, they conducted services in secret. When there was a nonviolent movement to bring our country closer in line with our highest ideals, some of our brightest leaders spoke and led marches from this church's steps. This is a sacred place in the history of Charleston and in the history of America. The FBI is now on the scene with local police, and more of the Bureau's best are on the way to join them. The Attorney General has announced plans for the FBI to open a hate crime investigation. We understand that the suspect is in custody, uh, and I'll let the best of law enforcement do its work to make sure that justice is served. Until the investigation is complete, I'm necessarily constrained in terms of talking about the details of the case. But I don't need to be constrained about the emotions that tragedies like this raise. I've had to make statements like this too many times. Communities like this have had to endure tragedies like this too many times. We don't have all the facts, but we do know that, once again, innocent people were killed in part because someone who wanted to inflict harm had no trouble getting their hands on a gun. Now is the time for mourning and for healing. But let's be clear. At some point, we as a country will have to reckon with the fact that this type of mass violence does not happen in other advanced countries. It doesn't happen in other places with this kind of frequency. And it is in our power to do something about it. Um, the, the other funny thing that kept happening and none of this is funny, but the other thing that kept happening is that, um, news stations, black leaders all over the place kept asking black people not to riot. That was their uh, outreach to us. Please don't riot. Please don't burn anything down. Please don't fight. These nine people want you to be calm and civil. And why do we always need that 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 roadmap? It's like they pulled this out of a drawer. And it's like when you work at a call center and you have a list that you're supposed to read off when you're trying to get somebody set up with phone service. Oh, are you mad? Um, flip, 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 flip. Please do not riot. Uh, these people will want you to uh, be peaceful as God was peaceful. Um, make sure you mention, oh, I read, out, I read the lines out loud. My, my fault, my bad. Why? I'm not going to riot. We're going to protest as we always do. And it'll turn into something where... Um, we lose sight of the real issue 
six black ladies, queens, leaders of the church, lost their lives. Three black men, leaders of the church, lost their lives. And uh, this is going to turn into a conversation about gun control. Not terrorism. It's going to turn into a conversation about gun control, which I don't really care about. I'm trying to get me a gun. But we're losing sight of what's important. What's important is that Fox News and, 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 and other news stations are still fomenting hate against people who are not white and as long as that continues to happen these are going to continue to be the results we cannot continue to be surprised by the results and you see that they just keep whistling right past the crashes it's like they're that they're those fox news is that 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 kid or that that person who flips a uh, cigarette butt into dry grass and it just walks away whistling while a fire starts and then a couple days later I mean they'll be really sad that a fire started in that area but they'll deny that it was them I don't I don't think it was me who caused that fire it was hot out there there's no way that one little cigarette butt can cause all this issue there's no way that one little interview can cause all this issue there's no way that one little spoken word piece at the end of my show one little rant about uh welfare queens could cause this issue no 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 it's not me and then they will be real quiet about it they will find a way to spin it, it, it it's not really about the cigarette butt at all what are you talking you keep bringing up the cigarette but the real issue was the drought if that grass was watered, that would have never sparked that flame. I'm out, drop the mic. And then a few days later, they start smoking again. And they start flicking out cigarette butts again. And starting fires and whistling right past it. I've told somebody before that... um Politics makes me tired. The whole idea of arguing down poli- down policy lines or down political lines just doesn't work for me. Um, the fact that we are divided down this country, down uh, lines, red and blue, and it seems like the Republican Party, to me, it seems like the Republican Party is nothing but veiled racism hidden within politics. We are trying to do this to keep this from happening. We are trying to do this to keep you from getting this. We can't talk about racial issues. We can't talk about prejudices because as soon as we do, they're going to pop up with, yeah, you're a liberal, you're a libtard, you're a all these things and I'm like no I am a concerned black male who is running out of places that I can take my family safely swiftly swiftly running out of places can't go to pools uh, can't go to church um, can't go to 
really talk about it. Um, the homegirl laid it out quite, quite calmly or, or quite, uh, quite well. Uh, the homegirl Phoenix laid it out about every single thing that we could not do. And there was like 20 things, you know, we just keep. Can't ride your bicycle in front of your house. Can't be on the sidewalk. Can't uh, be at a mosque. Can't be at a church. Can't be at a pool. Can't be at the store. This is not freedom. This is not freedom. This is terror. We are constantly waiting for the other shoe to drop. Constantly. And if you don't see that, then you've got privilege. Reparation and apologies for Africa to America Odysseys. Guerrilla type tactics on them socialistic fallacies. It'd be about the devastation of the social Darwinistic thought. Keep a brown man down sport. They want to keep buying the fetching set, nigga. Wait, France Fanon put it. And lucky I ain't read wretched yet. Yo, fucked up in the game now. It's Bay Black, Mr. Chairman of the Mama. I hear the world and all blacks around sound. Fabricated seat cam over right now. Two on this from a clan that ain't around now. Very six feet deep beneath the ground now. My loud sound pound down, make the earth crush here and bow down. There's four lines in the ground now. Shake them down. Black Chevy, Mau Mau, Gats ready. Blau, blau, black deadly, femme fatale, underground. Rats in this rap race and black race. Cats sell out to the black face and red grin. Laugh not my light skin. B-S-M-O-O-T-H from P-H. Uh, backseat strapping in. Cause I'm the only bitch with big black in them. Who the crew? M-A-U, M-A-U, gun ready. about to attack the track. We're black is black. We're how black? Black heart, black mind, black soul. Bow, bow. Like Thessalonians, the government got a black phobia. That's why they tap my black Nokia. Black fathers, black mothers, black brothers handcuffed to each other. Going upstate in black buses, black dogs, rack drugs and backwards. Smoke till they got black tongues, black lips and black lungs. Black is black. Whack them seeds get smacked. Forced to go home and die when they hunted. I can't rap. Hey yo, who that? You're right there. Blue eyes and black hair. Kill him with a rhyme or the bottom of my Nike Air. So quick, son, pick one. You don't want me to finish. I'll quickly take your 1950 and do you like the British. Head on a spear. Contusions in the air for Africa Maxima. I'ma drive you out of here, Mr. 116. Wanna kill your self-esteem? One from part devil, part cracker from Queens. Knowledge that we drop, you don't even build with. That's like me winning a rap Grammy, giving it to Liz Smith. Who the crew? M A U, M A U, gun ready. About to attack the track. We're black is black. We're how black? Black heart, black mind, black soul. Wild wild. Who's on the road? Who the crew? M A U, M A U, a fire. About to attack the track. We're black is black. How black? Black Everything black is whack and shit. Black heads, black male, black cats and shit. 
funerals, niggas gotta wear black and shit. Black cars, black clothes on their backs and shit. Black ball, you don't kiss their ass and shit. Blacklist, you see a nigga, and you're gone, that's it. White bitches, they wanna be black and shit. Tan lotion on their wide flat ass and shit. Hey, yo, the mouth, mouth, gather up and let's attack. Because they're trying to fuck with our images, and I think that shit is crazy whack. And as a matter of fact, they wanna think it's the smile and laugh. I guess they never seen a bloodbath. Brothers and sisters are dying. Babies are being taken out. So what the fuck they want me to rap about? About how happy I am to be living in the slum with little shorties all around, so a big gun. M-A-U, M-A-U, gun ready. About to attack the track. We're black is black. We're how black? Black heart, black mind, black soul. My, my. Who's born to roll? Who the crew? M-A-U, M-A-U, ain't fire. About to attack the track. We're black is black. How black? Black moon to be reached the black earth. What's black? Shade of the universe. Hard black drop is lying. Born to roll. My, my. My revenue stream currently generates two million dollars a year in charitable contributions for my community. Ah, damn. And why am I in this movie? Maybe I just knew I had to represent because they had one good party here for a black man. They gave it to Crocodile Dundee. Pumpy breaks, kid. That man's a national treasure. I just wanted to throw another shrimp on you, Bobby. That shit ain't funny. Hey, fellas, it's hot. We're tired. It stinks. I'm fucking with you, Kangaroo Jeff. I'm sorry a dingo ate your baby. You know that's a true story? Lady lost a kid. You about to cross some fucking lines. Guys, relax. You stop. know what? Fuck that, man. I'm sick of this koala hugging nigga. Tell him he's... For 400 years, that word has kept us down. What the fuck? Took a whole lot of time just to get up that hill. Now we up in the big leagues. Kid, not turn it back. Long as it lives, it's you and me, baby. <laughs> That's the theme song for the Jeffersons. You really need help. And just because the theme song don't make it not true. I am Phoenix Kalita. I represent Gorilla 7 in Chicago. And I once won a Nobel Peace Prize in Awesomeness. And that is why you should listen to Single Simulcast. And this is Father Teresa, the greatest black atheist of Father Teresa's wine cellar. And you're listening to the Single Simulcast. Hey, it's your boy, Dino Ray from the Disney, and I'm here to tell you what we're starting to do. Single final 
Well, she says she is scared, but not backing down. Tonight, a Spokane civil rights leader vows to keep fighting despite what she calls hateful messages and racist letters. Uh, on Wednesday, Spokane NAACP president Rachel Dolezal says that 20 pages of hate mail were delivered to the organization's P.O. box in North Spokane with her name on it. KXY4's Alex LaFries working for you. He joins us now live from that post office. Alex, this isn't the first time she has reported something like this. Well, Nadine, to understand why this rattles Rachel Dolezal so much, you first have to know her history. More on that in a minute, but first to this case. On Wednesday, Dolezal was grabbing her mail from this post office here on North Monroe when she noticed a large envelope with no return address. She says she'll never forget what she found inside. Today, Rachel Dolezal was giving another speech on human rights and equality, trying to forget the mail she received last week. I immediately was struck by um, pictures of guns pointed towards me, you know, the viewer, and no more hesitation in writing, and also um, pictures of, of lynchings, pictures of me speaking at the Martin Luther King rally. The images continued for nearly 20 pages. A picture of... A, a grid of black male faces that were used as target practice in a Florida police shooting, um, practice shooting. It's not the first time she claims to have been a target of racial discrimination. In 2008, while working at the Human Rights Institute in Coeur d'Alene, she says white supremacists harassed her. The harassment continued when she moved across the state line. The incident that followed our move shortly after arriving was one of the one of the worst incidents. In 2009, she says thieves broke into her home in Spokane. Thirteen thousand dollars of property um, stolen in that burglary, and a noose was left on the porch. Despite filing police reports, no cases were ever brought to prosecutors in either Spokane County or North Idaho. That is. A bit unsettling to me that that those things have gone unsolved. Dolajal says that while she fears for her and her kids' safety, she won't let these acts of hate slow her down. I'm committed to um, living my life and um, not hiding in fear. So I'll continue to fight for justice. Spokane police say they're taking this matter very seriously and have handed it over to major crimes detectives. Reporting in North Spokane, Alex LaFrice, KXLY4 News. They're actually now investigating whether or not there was ever any hate. Because, you know, if a fake person, if a made-up person with a made-up history and a made-up imagination uh, says that something happened in the forest and you know they're a lying motherfucker did it really happen I'm just asking you know apparently she couldn't produce anything the hate mail or the the um hate mail that she probably got was bitch you ain't black <laughs> that was probably the hate mail she received you ain't black you, you look, look at you I mean really when you look at her I, I, I know that that was in Spokane Washington and by the way single simulcast no intro we don't need no uh, hook for this shit um, I, episode 187 I know that you live in Spokane, Washington, where there's not a lot of sun, there's not a lot of uh, black folks, 
But if, if you would come down to Cali, if you would come down to Cali, if you had tried that shit in, in like Riverside or or, or uh, Sacramento, don't don't bring it to Sacramento. We got enough problems with Kevin Johnson. But if you had brought that down here where there's actual sunshine and all that, people would have looked at you because you look like an old white woman. Look like you smoke a lot. Old white woman, wrinkles, orange skin. Like, and that's the question that I have. Are the folks up there so devoid of interaction with black people that they just had it in their mind that this is what a black person is supposed to look like? Did you change the archetype of what black people look like for these white people in Spokane? I'd lie and say I was amused by the the article that she put up about, or the story she put up about how she read Caitlyn's story and wept because she felt like it was so much like her own, but bitch, don't do that. Oh, don't do that. You're not allowed to steal somebody else's struggle to wipe the dust away from the fallout from your exposed pilfering of our culture. You're not allowed to do that. Black women have been losing their culture to y'all for so long. Hair, styles, um, mannerisms, ideologies. The only thing that y'all won't steal from is their struggle. You will not take that away from them. You will not take... The, the fact that they make 64 cent of what a white man makes or what a black man makes. Of what, did you know that, that, that white women make more than black women? Like 78 cent to 64 cent, if I remember correctly. Did you know that? Did you know that although black women only make up 13% of the uh, population of the United States of America, they are like 28% of the female jails? Did, did you know that? Seriously. I'm... Did you know that they get killed so frequently? That's not a joke. Black women and black trans women get killed. Black trans women getting killed is the number one uh, group dying of trans people. Did you know that? Are we having that conversation yet? Are we allowed? No? I'm just checking. I just want to check and make sure. Again, Tanisha Anderson. 37 years old. Yvette Smith, 47 years old. 
Miriam Carey, 34 years old. Shelly Fry, 27 years old. And I just want to remind people of this one. Um, she was killed in Houston after she and two other women were allegedly caught stealing from a Walmart in Texas. An off-duty sheriff's deputy working the security guard tried to detain them and then shot into a car in which she was a passenger, and she was struck twice in the neck. Darnisha Harris, age 16. They fired two shots into the car she was driving. Melissa Williams, age 30. This is the one where the uh, police officer... Michael Brelo just got off earlier this uh, year, the one where he jumped up on the hood of the car after they had uh, fired 137 rounds into the car. He jumped up on the hood and fired 15 more shots after firing uh, 49 overall. Elysia Thomas, 35. Um, she was arrested at her home on suspicion of child endangerment after she left her children at a police station because she couldn't care for them. Police officer Mary O'Callaghan uh, struggled with her, and prosecutors said O'Callaghan threatened to kick Thomas in the genitals and then did so seven times, hitting her in the groin, abdomen, and thigh. Chantel Davis, 23. Rakia Boyd, 22. Yeah. Dante Servin just got off a couple months ago. Sharice Francis, 29. Uh, she had schizophrenia. Uh, she wasn't taking her meds and wouldn't go to the hospital voluntarily. Um, and when she tried to leave the room against the NYPD's orders, they allegedly pursued her, grabbed her, and tackled her onto a bed. Four officers put their weight on the Francis back while trying to cuff her. And her sister said she saw them hitting and using a taser on Francis until she stopped moving. Her cause of death was compression of trunk during agitated violent behavior while prone on bed and attempted restraint by police officers. Ayanna Stanley Jones, she was seven. It's the one where the police conducted a no-knock raid on her grandmother's house. And uh, Officer Joseph Weekly was first through the door, and after a flashbang grenade went off, he fired his gun, killing Ayana. Weekly testified that the grandmother struck his weapon and caused him to fire, but she denies being near the gun. The case was dismissed against Weekly after two mistrials. Tarika Wilson, age 26. She was killed when a Lima police SWAT team raided her rental home to arrest her boyfriend on drug charges. She had her youngest son, Sincere, in her arms when she was shot by Sergeant Joseph Chevalia. Sincere, who was 14 years old, was shot in the shoulder and the hand but survived. Chevalia was acquitted of misdemeanor charges of negligent homicide, negligent assault. I did not know that homicide could be a misdemeanor. Do we get that option? I've never, I just, fuck. 
Katherine Johnson, age 92, she was killed in a botched no-knock drug raid by Atlanta police that was a, revealed to be on false information. Officers later admitted to falsely claiming cocaine submitted in the evidence had come from a drug dealer at her house and to planting marijuana at her house after the raid. Alberta Spuel, 57, another no-knock raid. Kendra James, 21. Uh, she was shot during a traffic stop. because I'm sure you thought we were done. Uh, B. Golick stabbed to death by her own father. She was 22 years old. Uh, these, by the way, are uh, yeah, trans women. Lamia Beard, 30, Norfolk, California. Taja De Jesus, 36, San Francisco, California. Penny Proud, 21, New Orleans, Louisiana. Ty Underwood, 24, North Tyler, Texas. Yasmin Vash Payne, 33, Los Angeles, California. Now we can add six more young black women, six more black ladies. To that unfortunately growing list, and it's not going to stop growing. Nobody's going to stop and really think about the fact that, motherfuck, black women are dying at a horrific rate. I think about my mortality all the time. I think it's because as I get older, people who I know, people who I admire, people who do uh, music, die. You know what I mean? And so as they're dying, I'm just watching them fall off. And I'm like, shit, how old were they? Oh, yeah, they were 39. How old were they? They were 40. I'm like, shit, I'm 35. I better start getting my life in order. Don't let... I don't want to die, but I really don't want to die for something that could have been easily explained or easily handled. And I really, really, really don't want to die before I'm able to impart to my children how to be safe in this world where people do not care about their lives. I haven't taught my uh, daughters enough yet. I don't know if I've taught my sons enough yet. I got more work to do. This is not about black or white. It's about having a car key and everyone is able to bring in two guests regardless of race. A young woman over the age of 18 then began screaming and charged down the stairs at my friend. My friend did not make any motion toward her. My friend's hair was grabbed and she was pulled to the middle of the street. My kids were screaming and traumatized. I walked out to defuse the fight and did just that. I did not beat anyone, nor did I use racial slurs of any kind. 
I'm gonna go ahead and pause that. Um, this is Tracy Carver, you know, the one who uh, was on video beating and using racial slurs against the uh, young black woman who was hosting the pool party out in McKinney, Texas. Well, now she's filing a lawsuit saying that um, she can't go home because of death threats against her and her family. I swear death threats is the new catchphrase for uh, white people uh, to garner sympathy. So let me give you some sympathy for your death threats. Fuck you. She uh, is now at a news conference in Los Angeles. She was there on Tuesday to declare that she wasn't a racist and only trying to protect her friend. Um, I'm going to keep this plan. Trying to separate my friend from a person that was pulling her hair. Once I returned to my car, a large red icy was then thrown at me, hitting me in the back and splashing my 11-year-old who was sitting in the car. Accusations that I'm a racist could not be further than the person I truly am. I'm a woman of God, a humanitarian in every sense of the word. I have countless supporters of all ethnic backgrounds. She has lots and lots of black friends. That will stand up for my character. The fact that I've had to relocate my family for their safety has made me physically ill. But the fact that she's going to get paid for this makes her feel a lot better. You got to know, the GoFundMe is in full effect for this woman. Blonde hair, standing up against the savages of that pool party, those 19-year-olds. There's no way that she could have told them to go back to Section 8. There's no way she could have called them niggers. There's no way that she could have started fighting them. No. No. Except, you know, everybody else is saying that she did. And there's a video. I have been targeted and forced to suffer unspeakable threats against myself, my innocent children, and grandchildren, and Why are her children innocent? I'm just putting that out there. Why are her children innocent, but the, the children who were at that pool party were men? And, and, and women who knew better and had shanks in their bikinis and were just ready to pull out guns out of their swim trunks and start firing on people. Why is she and her kids in it? Oh, right, right. I forget that. I forget all the time about the rules, and then I remember. You gotta be reminding me, Craig, because I be forgetting. They're members of my family. I pray that something good comes from this and that people stop buying into the horrific lies that are spread via social media that are destroying lives by the moment. You mean like that black people are thugs and that we carry shanks and bikinis and, and, and shorts in order to attack the good white people and that we hop fences to get to parties and that we were pulling guns on uh, policemen and that we... Um, don't have any home training and you mean those type of lies what kind of fuckery is this? i have been employed for the past 17 years and managed many different people of all races and genders not anymore bitch i've been they have all been treated equally with respect loyalty and encouragement countless hold on hold on hold on she used to work for a company that's currently being sued for discrimination. <laughs> I'm just going to put that out there and walk away. 
African-American friends and colleagues at work have reached out to me over the past week saying they would, would attest to exactly that. You know what? New rule. New rule by Rashani. If you reference black friends, white friends, Hispanic friends, nobody ever references Hispanic friends anymore. And where are the Asian friends? Why don't we ever reference? Right, because it's always black and white. Always black and white. Anyhow, if you reference another race as being your friend, I need them to be there. I need you to name names and I need them to be there to be like, yeah, me and her go way back to like 1986. Uh, we used to call her little Sean Sean because she used to get in all this trouble. She was on the block. Oh, yeah, Rachel's been black since forever. And you know what? Me and her go way back. I remember we went to the Dougie Fresh concert back in 85 and they were playing Lottie Dottie. And he pointed at her and he was like that, that black girl right there in uh, row H seat number 29. Sorry, wrong white woman telling lies. I want the truth to come out and the lies and threats to stop. Then stop talking. Recently, I was contacted by Tracy Carver. Oh, by the way, this is her lawyer, Gloria Allred, because, you know, you need a lawyer for this sort of situation. I mean, she hasn't been charged with anything. She wasn't charged with assaulting a, a, a minor. She wasn't charged for hate speech. She wasn't charged for any of that. She wasn't charged for nothing. She lost her job because she got involved in this situation, and we hunted her down. So she's so important. It was seen in the Texas pool party videos that went viral. That you know why she was seen in those Texas pool party videos that went viral? Because she was assaulting a young black lady. Do we forget that? Somebody told me I was supposed to be funnier on this show. Fuck it. Next episode. Hey, a man had sex with a dog. We're going to get to that later on, I promise. That video, which was incomplete, because it only showed part of what really happened, shows Tracy in an altercation after she and her children had left the pool at the Homeowners Association Complex in McKinney, Texas. She is right. It does only show half the story. It doesn't show the other nine police cars pulling up to chase off these horrible delinquents and leave the one white kid alone outside. Tracy has been in hiding ever since the incident. She found you, though. Because of death threats, which she has received as a result of untrue statements made about her, which falsely accused her of making a racist remark at the time of the incident. Today, she's decided to speak out for the first time and share what she alleges really happened at the incident on June 5th, 2015. She's speaking out here in California because at this time she feels that she's unable to return to her home in Texas because of numerous serious threats that have been made against her and her family because of the false rumor that she made a racist statement. Also, because, you know, it's June and the kids have never been to Disneyland. So, you know what? Let's just go travel. We're going to get paid out the ass for this. Let's go travel. And you know what? There's that one woman who I've always wanted to talk to, Gloria. She can probably help me get paid even more money. 
I wonder if lawyers are now openly looking for the white people who are on the other side of these crimes because they know that the settlements they're going to get the GoFundMe to fight this case is going to be in the buku bucks. These threats include threats to rape and kill her children. Rachel Dolezal had uh, threats against her, too. She could never uh, bring them up in public. She could never actually show the uh, written proof of these threats. I'm not saying that they're the same. I'm just saying they're both like And to rape and kill Tracy. Tracy and her children need to be able to go home again and live, work, and go to school in safety. You know who else needs to go home again? All the black people who keep getting killed on the sidewalk trying to make their way home. Did I go too deep with that? My bad. Those who have lied about Tracy owe her an apology, and it is long overdue for them to tell the truth about what really happened on June 5th, 2015. I'm just saying, the number one person who uh, did interviews regarding what happened, other than the young black woman that Tracy assaulted, by the way, was a young white man who saw the whole thing and recorded it. Are they now going to say that he's lying? I'm trying to figure out how this is supposed to work. Um, I'm, I'm still not sure what the plan was for that part. I don't think I ever will be. In McKinney, Texas. While I was not at the incident that took place, I heard the story from Tracy. And because I know... The black friend. He's here. <laughs> the type of character she has, I am positive that she didn't make any racist comments or start an altercation. No, you're not. No, you're not. And I'm tired of people doing that. Whenever a white person does something, oh, they were such a quiet, loving soul, we would have never thought they'd... You know who else they say that about? Child rapists, murderers, racists, KKK members, arsonists, assaulters, uh, people who abuse their spouses, people who abuse their children. They say that for everybody if they are white. I never saw it coming. They were such a nice, quiet person, blah, 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 whatever. You don't know what this woman does in private, and you don't know when shit hit the fan, she became this person. You are not allowed to defend her. You, They pulled you out of the ether, dog. They pulled you out of nowhere to discuss this. They pulled you out to defend her, and you don't even know what you're talking about. You don't know if she's lying. You don't know what's going on, and they got a video, and you're like, well, I've known her for like five or six years, and there's no way she could do this. Why not? Because she's white? This is the same situation that's going on with Rachel. Black men are capable for white women who don't need their help and they don't understand why other people are getting mad because they're stepping into these roles. They do not need you. You know who needs you? The young black lady who was assaulted by uh, Tracy. The young black lady who was assaulted by the police. They need you. But of course, I'm sorry, Aaron Clark. Please keep talking. 
I have known Tracy for 13 years and have lived off and on in her home. There it is. She's taken him in off and on, which means she's also kicked him out off and on. So they had a relationship. They were friends. Uh, I don't really know what's going on here, but what I do know is that his statement is biased. If anything, he still doesn't know. He wasn't there, but it's biased because she took him in and gave him a place to sleep and fuck for many years and she is allowing me to stay at her home in Texas for the last two years in the 13 years I've known her she has never said a racist statement or even allowed anyone to make racist statements in my presence or in the presence of any of her many black friends or in the presence of persons of any race um but she did. That's the thing. She made racist statements. Like, I'm looking in my head, in my head. Y'all know I think differently, but this is how I picture in my head. That poster that was up that said 13 years without a racial slur got pulled down the day of that pool party, and they started back at zero. You can't explain away what she did it's on video I refuse to this is like when people were defending Bill Cosby for rape because that one man because he's saying that he didn't do it and one woman who wasn't there said that he didn't do it but there are scores and scores and scores of women who said he did it there are scores and scores and scores of youth who are saying this woman did this they are saying that she did it they're all following the same lines. It's not like they all got together and said, let's ruin this person. She didn't even have her name wasn't even put out there. You know what? Fuck it. This is just going to be a longer episode. If you got a problem with that, just stop halfway through and come back later on. Because... This is like a purge, I guess. I guess I'm just getting it all out the way right now uh, because it needs to be done. Several young girls attended a public meeting recently to express their concerns about the treatment of animals in Cecil County, Maryland. Adults responded to their participation by shouting racial insults at the girls. Yeah, because, you know, they don't do that. The girls were members of the Girl Scouts of the Chesapeake Bay Troop 176. During the public meeting, they expressed their concerns about the treatment of animals who were housed at the county's animal control facility, an issue that was covered by local media. I felt, well, quote, I felt really bad for the animals because that wasn't a really good home for them, end quote, said Amaya Spurlock, 10 years old. Quote, they were saying, go back to Baltimore where you belong, and they started pointing out me and my sisters, end quote, said Ariana Spurlock, who was 13. None of the girls live in Baltimore, which is more than an hour away from Cecil County. The girls also alleged they were called animals. The aftermath 
of the incident was captured on video with the co-leader of the troop telling a group of adults, quote, you guys know racial comments, okay? End quote. The racial comments were allegedly made by supporters of the county's animal control vendor, A Buddy for Life. The company denies any of their employees were responsible. But in an interview with Think Progress, Scout leader Jane Mitchell Werbich said, Werbich said that the comments were made by a Buddy for Life volunteers because the facility has few paid employees. Mitchell Werbich said she went with a group of parents to file a proof report, but were told that it was not possible because the individuals, quote, did not use the N-word, end quote. No, they just used racial slurs against young, young, young ladies, like 10 and 13 and lower than that and showed them that their concerns and their opinions and their emotions were lower than low they were less than an animal I'm sorry they were less than the people abusing the animals the county pays a buddy for life $60,000 a month to manage their animal control facilities the Cecil Times reported that a surprise visit to the facilities quote found unremoved feces odor and many dogs with serious mange and other skin conditions end quote there were also allegations of overstaffing at the buddy operation at taxpayers expense end quote the company has been repeatedly fined for violating state and federal law and this is public knowledge it's only an issue when young black ladies talk about it then it's an issue despite their uh, large monthly budget budget a buddy for life spent just $877 over a three month period for food Mitchell Werbridge explained that the dispute started in October when she called the buddy for life facility about two dogs at a residence who appeared emaciated and mistreated. Despite repeated inquiries, Mitchell Warbridge said that the company refused to address the situation. On certain occasions, someone at the facility would tell Mitchell Warbridge that they had addressed the abuse of the dogs, but it turned out not to be true. She came to believe that the company was untruthful, end quote. She shared her experience with the girls in her troop, which prompted their interest. These young ladies were standing up for a cause that they believed in. They were fighting for the rights of those they believed in. They were protesting for the rights of the animals that were in this facility, and they got treated like that. I just want to point that out. All right, you're in focus. Thanks for watching. A group of Girl Scouts is speaking out against racial remarks that they say adults shouted at them at a public meeting in Cecil County. And some of the conflict was captured on video. In focus, investigator Trang Doe sat down with the girls to discuss what happened and what's next. Well, Jamie, these girls are all animal lovers. So when they saw photos and read about conditions at the county's animal shelter in a local newspaper, they wanted to attend a meeting of the county's Animal Care and Control Oversight Committee to speak their minds. No one expected the response they received. A video taken after a meeting of the Cecil County Animal Care and Control Commission shows the tail end of a conflict between adults and Girl Scouts of the Chesapeake Bay Troop 176. Several of the scouts spoke up during public comment to ask about the treatment of animals at the county's animal control facility. 
There are concerns raised after reading local newspaper articles about cramped, inadequate conditions. I felt really bad for the animals because they, it, like, that wasn't a really good home for them. We thought that um, it wasn't right to treat our animals the wrong way, so I wanted to give reasons why they shouldn't. The girls were standing outside of the meeting with homemade signs when they say supporters of the county's animal control vendor, a buddy for life, began shouting racially tinged remarks at them. They were saying, like, go back to Baltimore where you belong, and they started pointing out, like, me and my sisters. How did that make you feel to hear that? I was, I was like, like, I was, like, sad and mad at the same time. And then they were, like, calling us, like, animals and stuff. And I didn't really know why, because if they're calling us animals, aren't they supposed to be helping animals? A male co-leader of the... That young lady just summed up something in such a horrific way, and I don't know if you caught that. The people were calling her an animal... And she's saying, well, if I'm an animal, why aren't you helping me? Because you're supposed to help animals. This is the meeting that we're here for is to help animals. You are calling young girls, 13 and under, racist remarks. You are hitting them with stuff that they are not, nor should they be. They should not be exposed to it. I always wonder when white folks are exposed to their first bout of racism. And then I realize they probably never are. 13, 10, 9, racism. Calling them animals. The only remark they could come back with was basically an I'm rubber, you're glue. If we're animals, aren't you supposed to be helping us? In all truth, no. In most places, they care more about the animals than they do about the uh, black people if the animal was owned by a black person. Troop is seen on the video defending the scouts and trying to de-escalate the situation. No racial comments. Tell me about it. In parts of the video, you can hear some of the older girls yelling back at the adults. Okay. The scouts were also upset over accusations that they were coached by their troop leader, Jane Mitchell Warbrick, who has openly criticized Animal Control's handling of a neglect case that she reported. Buddy for Life co-director Jen Callahan is heard on the county's audio recording of the meeting, asking the commission to disregard the scouts' comments because the troop has never visited the facility. It stoked already heated tensions during the meeting. You know, the Girl Scouts came out and had some things to say. Um, I understand that they were coached um, with what to say. Hey, 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 listen. We understand that this is a... a uh, emotional topic, but we're going to maintain order during this. The Girl Scouts, excuse me, Ms. the Girl Scouts Warbrick, were not coached. Miss Jane never told us what to say, and we actually thought of it by ourselves. We just said it to them. When contacted for comment, Callahan emailed a statement denying that any employee of A Buddy for Life was involved in the conflict with the Scouts. The statement reads in part, A Buddy for Life Incorporated cannot control the words or actions of citizens that attended the meeting. The citizens that attended that meeting were telling the girls to go back to Baltimore again where they didn't live. Kind of like the woman was telling the kids to go back to 
Section 8 housing, even though they lived where that pool party was. But, you know, they got a chance to call uh, young black ladies animals, and young black ladies got to see what their future was going to be. Because if I was there, the next step, if my daughter was there, the next step, if I had seen it, the next step would have been somebody would have gotten hit. We're teaching too much um, patience and kindness. And so we're continuously getting ran over. daycare worker was arrested um, in Normandy Park, Washington on June 5th. Um, A father came to the daycare center called Kids Country to pick up his five-year-old. And when he walked in, he couldn't spot his daughter right away. She didn't come greeting him. She didn't come running to greet him. She wasn't seated at the table, and he didn't see her playing outside. As he scoured the area, the unidentified dad randomly peered behind his bookshelf. Scoured the area, the unidentified man peered behind the bookshelf where the unidentified dad peered behind the bookshelf where he saw his daughter crouched with her 31 year old male teacher. That teacher, identified as Ian Moore, reportedly told the father that they were having a harmless, quote, tickle fight, end quote. But the little girl shared a very different story. When they got outside, the child allegedly told her dad that Moore had been touching her inappropriately, Fox Q13 reports. Child Protective Services were called immediately and the child told authorities she was raped. When Moore was questioned, he reportedly told authorities that he did touch the child beneath her underwear, but claims that it was accidental. According to court documents released this week, Moore said that, quote, when he slipped on a toy as he was tickling, the fall caused his hand to slide into her panties and penetrate. Though the incident happened last Friday, other parents and grandparents apparently weren't notified of the incident until Monday. Katie Burns, the grandmother of another child from the daycare, said, quote, I'm going to grab all of her stuff, and I'm pretty sure we aren't coming back. You want to do everything to protect your kids, end quote. The suspect's grandmother spoke out at the station as well, saying, quote, It's hard to believe it's true. He was raised in a good environment. We don't know of any reason why this is happening. I am very, very sorry if this is true. Please forgive us. I'm crying for everyone. I'm crying for the little girl. I'm crying for our family. End quote. You put your children in a place where they're supposed to protect your children and the people there prey on your children. And then when you find out they preyed on your children, they want to give some stupid excuse. Not even an excuse. He's like, yeah, I did it, but here's why. It's, we're, we're running out of ways to protect our kids. We're running out of ways to protect ourselves. 
we're worried we're running out of ways to shield our kids from the horrors that are happening in this world today but I damn sure would have told you this. He would have been choked out. I know he got arrested, and I know that the dad asked questions after he got out of there because if he hadn't asked questions after he had gotten out of there, that man would have been beat to a pole. Five years old. Innocence lost. Okay, let's play some music and then we'll say something funny so that you guys feel better before we leave. Batman Wild spin the beats is singing something. To dance our way out of our constriction. Call the beat freaking up and down the hang up alleyway. With a groove I only got, we shall all be moved. Ready or not, yeah, we come getting down. Oh. 
nothing but the home. One nation under a groove, getting down just for the bones of it. One nation and we're on the move, that they can stop us now. One nation. Justice for the Charleston Nine. Peace. Hey, Rashani. This is Leslie Matt calling in from 
the Interracial John podcast. I just wanted to leave uh, a couple of thoughts that I had this week, and I thought your show was the perfect place to do it. And I know a lot of my sisters out there have already been talking about this, but I had to lend my voice, uh, specifically about my disappointment with black men in the media and academia. I know you think your carefully worded piece to pitch this Rachel whoever situation is trivial or a distraction when compared to XYZ is smart. Get the fuck out of here. It's not smart at all. It's a carefully executed piece of shit that seeks to subjugate the feelings and pain of black women that we have surrounding this story and the fallout from it. And the fact that you think you are enlightened enough to see past this to the important stuff shows how little regard you have for black women. You should be ashamed to see us gathering together under hashtag we help ourselves because you have made it clear we can't count on you. You've made it clear that when it comes to what is important in your eyes, our feelings, our pain, our very identity is not of any concern to you. When I think of all my sisters on the front line of the fight for black liberation, risking life and limb while we are degraded during action, it makes me sick to my stomach reading your words, striving to dismiss our pain, to move on, to tell us what we should be concerned with. You wouldn't have a fucking movement without black women creating it, leading it, shaping it. So think on that before you so easily disregard us. Let's break this down a little further. You know when you tell white people to listen to black people when it comes to issues surrounding race? When you tell white people to let those affected by racism take the lead and to believe them when they express their pain? Apply that shit to yourself the next time you want to wax intellectually about what black women should and shouldn't be upset or angry about. Again, this is Leslie Mack from the Interracial John Podcast. Thanks. Changed your appearance, your, your complexion appears darker than it did in the photos of you as a young lady. Have you done something to darken your complexion? I certainly don't stay out of the sun, you know, and um, I, I also don't, as, as some of the critics have said, put on blackface as a performance. Yeah, let me, let me address that because some people have said that the way you've changed your opinion is akin to putting on blackface, and Jonathan Capehart wrote in the Washington Post, Blackface remains highly racist, no matter how down with the cause a white person is. Do you understand what he means by that? Absolutely. Absolutely. Do you agree with I it? I have a huge issue with blackface. This is not some free birth of a nation uh, mockery blackface performance. This is on a very real, connected level. Uh, how I've, I've actually had to go there with the experience, not just a visible representation but with the experience and and the point at which that really solidified was when I um, got full custody of my of Isaiah and uh, he said you're my real mom and in, he's in high school and for that to be um, something that that is plausible I can you know certainly can't be seen as white and be Isaiah's mom. A couple, couple of quick points. Um, there are reports that at times, that at one time in particular, you looked at a friend of yours, a guy named Albert Wilkinson, and, and you told friends of yours that he was your father. He is an African-American man Absolutely. who is clearly not your father. Was that done to enhance your resume as an African-American woman? 
or was there another reason for that? There's another reason, yeah. He actually approached me in North Idaho, and, um, you know, we just kind of, we connected on, a, again, a very um, intimate level as, as family. And but why point out an African-American man and say, that is my father, when you know that your father is a Caucasian man? Albert Wilkerson is my dad. And any man can be a father, not every man can be a dad. Your lawsuit against Howard University in 2002, where you mm -hmm. claim you were discriminated against because you were a pregnant white woman. Um, people, you, do you understand how people could hear that and say, here's another example. She says she identified herself as being African-American or black from a young age, but here's a case where she identified herself as a white woman because it worked for her under the circumstances. The reasons for the, my full tuition scholarship being removed and my teaching position as well, my TA position, were that other people needed opportunities and you probably have white relatives and that, you know, that can afford to help you with your tuition. And I thought that, that was an injustice. If, would you make the same choices given all that's happened and, and given the fallout from it, but also the positive side of the discussion? that has come out of it. Would you make the same choices you've made, Rachel? I would. I would. And what do you want to come out of it? What discussion do you want to prompt? Well, as much as this discussion has somewhat been at my expense uh, recently in, in a very uh, sort of viciously inhumane way, come out of the woodwork, and uh, the discussion is really about what it is to be human um, and and I hope that that really can drive at the core of definitions of race, ethnicity, culture, self-determination, personal agency, and ultimately empowerment. But when you say you would make the same choices, wouldn't you go back and perhaps be a little more transparent about certain things in your life or correct some of the things that were said about you that you knew to be incorrect? You know, I... There, there are probably a couple interviews that I would do a little differently if, if circumstances, um, in retrospect, you know, I, I knew what, what I know now. Um, but overall, you know, my life has been one of survival, and the decisions that I have made along the way, including my identification, have been to survive and to, um, you know, carry forward in my journey and life continuum. You, you resigned your position at the NAACP out in Spokane. Do, do you feel you could have been as effective? And by the way, you should get a lot of credit. A lot of people feel you breathe new life into that chapter. Could you have been as successful? Could you have had as big an impact had you been a Caucasian woman as opposed to being identified as an African-American woman? I don't know. I guess I, I haven't had the opportunity to... Um, experience that in those shoes so I'm not sure